The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ronnie LeDrew is here with us today. How are you doing? I'm very well. and Thank you very much for inviting me. Now, you are probably best known for doing a well-known character that people will know. Who is that character? That character is Zippy from Rainbow. That was uh, a programme that was a preschool programme a long time ago on television, but he's still well-loved and um, and I still use him on various sort of promotions and telly shows whenever he's asked to appear. I usually go with him because he needs me along to help. (laughs) So how did it all start for you? What were you like as a child? Were you particularly creative? I think possibly i mean i did do puppet shows when i was a kid mm. i lived in a south london block of flats with my parents and my sister and during the summer holidays i used to sort of um take about three of my pelham puppets if you remember those they were ones that string puppets you bought from shops yeah. and um, i had three of those and i had a wind-up gramophone and i used to have a oh dear me i had a kitchen table which i turned upside down don't ask me why <laughs> and i used that as a stage and i worked my string puppets there i also had a few glove puppets which were i can't even remember the characters very much i think one was a dog or something anyway yeah. and um the local kid from the flats in the summer holidays when they weren't on holiday would come along because I'd sort of say the day before I said I'm going to do a puppet show you know do you want to come along and they'd sit on the stairs I was literally on the first floor the stairs going up to the second floor made a very good raped auditorium so they sat on the stairs and I did that music came from a wind-up gramophone and I I had um, 78 speed records they're really dreadful I think (laughs) And I had sort of Victor Sylvester orchestral music. Oh dear, oh dear. No, I'm sure it was wonderful for its time. And then I had, oh, some singers, some songs. I mean, really old, sort of 19, sort of 30s, 40s, sort of old records that I think somebody gave them to me. Mm. And they gave me this um, gramophone. Well, basically, I could wind the thing up and put the, the old needle on, you know, and it... <laughs> go around like that make a terrible noise but I mean the music did come out of it and of course there wasn't any chance of using electric or anything like that so that was the alternative yeah that's how I started doing shows like that yeah and then you joined the Little Angel Theatre becoming a sort of apprentice under John Wright right 
absolutely right. You've done your homework. It's brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah, indeed. I started the Little Angel Theatre age 15. I was very, very lucky. And if you're, I'm just going to, I've got my book here and I've got some pictures. Oh. I don't know whether those of you are going to watch it on Zoom. That's me as a young boy there with yeah. John Wright standing at the bar at the Little Angel Theatre. His wife, Lindy, below next to her is Christopher Leith, who became artistic director of the theatre after John died. And then Joyce Wren, who was a puppeteer and voice artist, absolutely brilliant lady. And that is Mary Kenny. She's now Mary Edwards, married yeah. wonderful Punch and Judas. Now, if I go to this side, oh dear, this Zippy's poking his head in. There we are. That was the original proscenium arch. It was like a letterbox opening. Yeah. And you've got the marionettes. They were mostly marionette beginning uh, when I first started there. And there you are. That's me up on the bridge. Uh, sorry, they're a bit blurry, but... Yeah. Um, I think you get the idea and there's a puppet down below and I'm just lifting up my puppet my the prince puppet and here we are John and Lindy and myself whoops slight flare on that there you are yeah sort of holding up the puppets again and so there you are there's your 15 year old young lad oh, yeah. you know looking a bit dreamy there <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's um all in the book by the way I'm doing terrible yeah. self-promotion already it's very bad yeah. but Zippy and me oh my goodness you've got it the right way around I don't know why I'm back to front but there oh. you go <laughs> Zippy and me is available in all good bookstores yes. <laughs> and also on Line, but probably best if you're interested in getting to know a bit about my history. It's um, it's there, um, yeah. and you can get it on, I'd say, online on those sort of uh, shops called Amazon and eBay. And they're not shops, are they? Whatever yeah. it is. But uh, mm, anyway, yeah. there you are. That was the start of my career. Really, I had eight months at the Little Angel Theatre, learning lich trade. I mean, I was sort of, I learned how to work string puppets. Took a while, mind you. Because um, they're not the easiest type of puppet to work. And then, as well as working string puppets, I learned how to do glove puppetry and rod puppetry, shadow puppetry, because we had a building. And in the building, you could do a, you know, a, a puppet there was. Yeah. So I was very, very lucky to have that, you know, that very early great start in my career. Yeah. And you must have been very keen because, first of all, it wasn't paid and you're mainly sweeping the floors and stuff before you got to be in the show absolutely right yeah well you know as an apprentice you don't get you know the top jobs first of all you have to start at the bottom and my bottom oh it's my bottom uh, the bottom was for me to sweep, sweep the auditorium after the shows of you know the audience had gone out and also make coffee and basically you know generally sort of do that sort of menial task I didn't mind at all I just yeah. love the atmosphere of the I'd been to visit the theatre with a, a friend who took me. She said, you must come along and see the shows because John Wright is very famous. I hadn't really heard about the Little Angel Theatre. I mean, where I discovered it was I was a member, of, when I was about 14, of the British Puppet and Model Theatre Guild, which hmm. happens to be the oldest organisation, puppet organisation in the world. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, and I went along with this young 14-year-old. Ha the meetings happened to be about a one, I think, a bus ride away from where I lived. I mean, you know, absolutely wonderful. And I then, I met lots of existing British puppeteers mainly, but they were, I mean, fascinating bunch of people. They did, a lot of them did marionettes, some did glove puppetry. And these meetings would be sort of once a week and you'd have, you know, a different puppeteer talking about 
his or hers life with puppets and how they start. So, I mean, I got lots of information and learnt a lot just from watching these people. And then, of course, going to the theatre and being there sort of Mondays to Saturday uh, or something like that, I can't remember. Anyway, six days a week, it was fantastic because... I joined a group of really puppet enthusiasts. I mean, John Wright was a brilliant carver, woodcarver, performer, and an all-round brilliant man because he got this building, this old temperance hall he saw in 1959, I think it was, and thought, this is going to be a a puppet theatre. I'm going to get this you know, changed into a puppet theatre. And sure enough, he formed a charity for the theatre and got the local woodwork or wood merchants to build a roof because the roof of the Temperance Hall originally was literally bomb damaged. And wow. so it was, it was all collapsed. So all there was really when he saw the building was four walls, you know, and no roof. But he, you know, had the knowledge or he, he, he just thought, no, this is going to be a really great puppet theatre. And he also acquired... The workshop next door, which was a joiner's at the time, Mr. Oh. West's, and he retired eventually, and the theatre took over the workshop. So he got a workshop plus a cottage next door Ooh. to the workshop where he was able to live. So, I mean, wow, yeah. you know, really, what else can I tell you? Oh, I know, I can tell you that, I mean, the apprenticeship went on for a eight months but then I because of the puppet guild and all the various organizations I sort of met all these different puppeteers and one of them was a man called Jan Bustle he was very famous because um, he ran the Hogarth puppets and the puppets was particularly famous in a way because they they started on well they started their company the Hogarth that's his wife him and his wife Anne Hogarth. I'm just looking up the book to show you some pictures again. Basically, they were famous for a puppet called Muffin the Mule. Now, Muffin the Mule was started on BBC television in 1946, little flickering black and white screens then. And and, um, it was actually one of the first puppet shows to be broadcast regularly. This would be, as I say, 1946. It went on until 1955. And I'm just going to show you quickly... That's Jan Bustle there and his wife, Anne Hogarth, and the Hogarth oh. puppets. Now, I'm standing there holding a dragon, and a man to the side of Anne on the, the other side is um, a very famous puppeteer called John Blundell, sadly no longer with us, but he'll yeah. be famous for people who love all the Jerry Anderson shows. He designed and made the original Parker from the Thunderbirds, uh, Lady Penelope's um, butler or manservant or whatever. Then sitting down on the ground is an Australian puppeteer, brilliant puppeteer, shadow puppeteer, who did a lot of shadow puppetry and still does. He lit, now is back in Australia, Richard Bradshaw. Oh. And so um, John was just coming to visit us. You see, that is the, the sort of caravan that we did, the caravan shows. And that's one of my first jobs after leaving the Little Angel Theatre was working with the Hogarth puppets. There's me with the famous Muffin the Mule there. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was performed on television all those years ago. And believe it or not, I still work Muffin every now and again. <laughs> Sadly, both Anne and Jan have died, mm. but their grandchildren have Muffin. Will McNally, who sort of has kept the Muffin sort of characters and the show alive in a way I mean occasionally does performances himself with the puppets but his daughter his um, sister Lucinda has 
a muffin figure. There was two made, you see, because basically in the olden days when um, the lady, I'll tell you a little bit about it. The the artist who set up the programme was a lady called Annette Mills, and she was the sister of the late actor John Mills. And she was a dancer and a musical performer before the telly programme, but she um, played the piano. And on top of the piano, the muffin, the mule would dance and all his various friends would come on. And if, for instance, Muffin wanted to change in, into another character, not so much another character, but have put a different costume on. Mm. Normally he would just be the mule with his little saddle cloth on, but he'd go off and then be another Muffin, and identical to the one, come on wearing a sailor's outfit or something. Yeah. So you, you didn't have to stop, because in those days you didn't have the performances. Um, anyway, that was um, a wonderful thing. And of course, the television sadly stopped their program, stopped mm. literally, I think, 1955 when Annette Mills died and the BBC thought they couldn't really do it without yeah. this presenter. Or um, Anyway, but uh, Jan and Anne carried on with the puppet shows and, you know, did shows all over the world. Plus, in the, in the sort of summer times, they did the London parks and that's when I got involved to be a, an assistant puppeteer with their shows. But I, as I say, I carry on doing guest appearances of Muffin even now. In fact, mm-hmm. I'll be going back, I think it's on the 21st of August, if, it, if we're lucky, yeah. COVID stops. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it will be right then, to the Alexander Palace, where originally Muffin appeared all those years ago in 1946. Wow. They started there, television started there. I love to tell you, I'm, I love all that. And... <laughs> So um, it's really great to go back and show Muffin again to whoever comes to this event. But they also moved to Lime Grove Studios when Lime Grove Studios opened, which was, I think it was near, I'm trying to remember now where it was. No longer, the building isn't there, but Ali Pali is there. Great place to visit, by the way, if anybody in London, North London, it's it's wonderful. I'll stop talking about my my life. So I'm sure you've got another question to ask me. Well, just going to ask, because you know when you were younger when you first started puppetry your dad was like try it for six months and then get a proper job if it fails so what would you suggest to a young puppeteer because I feel like if somebody went to the careers advisor at school and said I want to be a puppeteer that kind of edge you towards a proper job absolutely right that's what in fact the the history of that um is that um obviously my father was a teacher to let you know and yeah. the problem was that he, he thought you know like most people oh this is you know it should be a you should be doing a proper job it's a yeah. hobby and the headmaster of my school said that says it's only a hobby it's not a, you don't you don't do puppetry for a living <laughs> yeah well it was i was just so lucky that I discovered the Little Angel Theatre before I left school. And of course, you know, I did leave school in those days. I could leave school, you could leave school at 15. Mm. I mean, I'm afraid I didn't have any GCE or any qualifications. My qualifications is in puppetry and life. But I, I mean, I was just lucky. I mean, I went, you know, went to the theatre, came back. I asked if they, you know, I could be an apprentice. I came, they said, yes, but we can't afford to pay you. Mm. shock horror anyway I went back to the uh to my parents and I remember my father of course would say you know and so um how did it go yes it went very well but I'm afraid dad there's not going to be any money but they're going to teach me everything about puppetry it's going to be wonderful and that's when they went off and um, had a little chin wag and came back and said well all right we'll give you six months um yeah. and it was like three months for me to get to know the theater and see whether I really liked it or and three months for them to say could they cope with this mad 
enthusiastic yeah. one of puppeteer and um, of course history was that yes it was fine but yeah. to answer your question I think probably nowadays it's actually quite hard to become an apprentice in a sense in puppet yeah. theatre but the best thing is to try and do it yourself I mean I'm a bit unusual most puppeteers make their own puppets mm. I don't I'm yeah. just a performer uh, I think I was put off because of the wonderful puppets they made at the theatre I thought I'll never be able to do that mm. but I did do to sand sand all the joint I mean if they were wooden marionettes I used to I was quite good at sanding the different pieces but I did a lot of stuff like I did um, a lot of editing for the um, sound um, finding music and stuff like that once I got sort of past the apprenticeship stage with John Wright and we became yeah. great friends actually and we sort of I, I think it was quite an honour to be asked by John because he always did his own recordings and stuff. That yeah. was his private little thing. But I was terribly keen on all that side of stuff because that was something I, I I could probably do. And in fact, I did. I I edited quite a few of the the, the latter because a lot of them were pre-recorded, mm. the voices and stuff. But days, of course, we all speak live. You know, we yeah. there isn't there is very little pre-recording. But, you know, in those days, I think it was felt that puppeteers probably didn't have very good voices, yeah. uh, very posh voices or whatever, or actors' voices. Mm. So, therefore, they'd get actors in to, to read the lines. But nowadays, I think, well, I, for instance, I've had voice eventually as time went on. And also, you know, I love doing my own voices. I did my own puppet shows when, in fact, the same sort of time as I was training at The Little Angel, and um, so I, you know, I, that was something I really enjoyed. So I was just thinking that kids could probably, when I say kids, I mean young people could probably join the puppet organisations. I mean, the British Puppet and Model Theatre Model Theatre Guild is still going. I'm president now, believe it Ooh. or not. I'm excited. I know, oh. terribly exciting, which is great fun. And we're having, a, in five years' time, it'll be the 100th So we're going to have lots of lovely things happening. But there's the Puppeteers UK organisation where you can look up, you go on where, I mean, everything's online now, of course, yeah. and you can find yeah. that. And there are a list of lots of different puppeteers. You might find that you could email their address and say, look, I'm really keen. You know, is it possible to come and see your shows or be involved in something? And you never know that they, you know, puppeteer might you know, be, require somebody or we'd be quite happy to have somebody to assist or just to to watch and learn that sort of thing lots of books but then you can't really learn masses from books you can yeah. um, but I think it's better to, to try and see as many puppet shows as you can I, it's difficult this day and age with the covid thing but let's hope it's all over by the summer yes. and shows will start resuming again yes. I can't wait uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time without performances I'm just going to show you a little puppet because oh. I thought it's time to show you a puppet this yes. is Dodo Bird and he was one of the first puppets that I used in my own shows hello i'm the dodo bird it's lovely to see you very good to talk to you toby yes and and your radio station hello folks it's lovely to see you i am the oldest bird alive today everybody thought oh. i died out. but no i'm still alive anyway i'm going to go now because i'm hogging the screen <laughs> anyway that was the t- <laughs> that's one of my glove puppets and um it's i mean i i you know, i I've been so lucky, really. I worked at the theatre. I was able to do my glove puppet show, which I made with some wonderful 
friends of mine. Sadly, they're no longer with us now, but they're Violet Philpot and, and A.R. Philpot, who was basically Panto Park, he was called, and they ran the Educational Puppetry Association. And I was, I mean, as I say, I'm not a puppet maker, but they encouraged me to, that, well, they, that, for instance, Violet made the, the dodo's head, which was out of polystyrene, but I painted it. She said, oh, you must do something towards it. So I painted it and I thought, he, he's looking, he's showing his age a bit now, but yeah. uh, I do touch him up every now and again, you know, if there's a little sort of bit of painting needs doing. But um, I also made a puppet stage with Panto's help and they let me perform with their puppets just to sort of get an idea of what it'd be like doing a one-man show. And they also let me go into schools. This is years ago. Um, And so I was able to do sort of performances in schools. I didn't get paid, but Mm. I think they paid expenses like, you know, for me to get to and from the school. But that was such a good learning curve. Audiences, children are brilliant audiences. And of course, they will tell the truth. They're not like us who will sit there and will probably hate a show or something. But somebody will say, did you like it? You'll say, well, yes, it wasn't my cup of tea. And you'll be terribly reserved. Whereas the kids, you know, they'll say, no, it was rubbish. And I remember bringing a puppet. (laughs) I remember bringing a puppet on once and they said um a kid said get off you're rubbish before i even opened my mouth as a puppeteer so i took the puppet off and i thought oh my goodness what am i going to do and then suddenly the kids sitting there said where are the puppets we want to see the puppets like now on came the puppet it's okay but it was you know those sort of things they're just lovely and then there's the lovely thing when you're performing to um, I'm saying to children, but I perform to everybody really. But yeah. these were specific days when I was learning. You'd have a kid, and I, I, I in my show with the dodo has a magic save. The save gets robbed by the greatest robber in the whole wide world, <laughs> and um, the dodo makes a trick in the safe for when the robber tries to come back to rob some more, and it's basically water squirted in his face. And he's oh, I want my mummy, and he goes off. And little kids from the audience, uh, after the robber had gone out and the dodo was terribly pleased with himself, even though yeah. going to come back, uh, little kid said, excuse me, dodo. And so I said, yes, what do you do? What? You've got water all over my sock. Or something, because the water pistol squirted out and gone on. And, you know, yeah. this sort of stuff. And it's so lovely. They, they, it, they're, they're not puppets to young children. They're characters. They're real. They, yeah. they live while that performance is on. And that's the magic of puppetry, um, is the fact that, you know, even with adults, you, you forget that they're puppets, they're characters, they're living, at, you know, while, while they're, you know, while the performance is on. And afterwards, you know, puppeteer will put them down and that's it, and off we go. Mm. But, oh, it's a magic, magic thing. That's the, the thing for me, um, is the character and the, and the response the audience gives gives you you know relate to them too yeah well speaking of kind of children your big Mm. break i suppose you would call it was when you were asked to be a part of rainbow to do a guy called zippy who i'd never really heard of him no (laughs) (laughs) it certainly seems from the book that you were kind of lucky because of the connections you had in the puppetry world that you were able to get this role yes again i suppose i've been in the puppetry business for about 10 years by then and so Violet Philpott who I vaguely mentioned earlier um, she was the original puppeteer of Zippy when the program started and I knew her you know very well so I knew I watched some of the early ones but then she sadly her back uh, basically it was because you know when you're puppeteers not used to doing 
television work, you suddenly, well, for a start, you don't turn it down because it's very well paid compared yeah. to the normal shows that you normally do. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that you're doing it for masses of money, but it, oh, it was exciting <laughs> because she had plans to form her own company and put money into sort of establishing that. So that's what she wanted to do. So she was doing the stuff. But sadly, you know, it's not comfortable being a puppeteer. Never is, really. Yeah. You're, she was sort of sitting on quite low seats some trolley or something like that but very low and then the puppet would be coming up anyway what was she did uh, damaged her back I think one of the discs or something happened so another puppeteer came in because obviously they had to carry on and his name was John Thurtle sadly no longer with us either and he was a brilliant maker as well as before and he was doing uh he did zippy after you know after violet for a bit but then him and his partner his partners wrote that well first of all he, they wrote, did a program called board which was on bbc television with puppets and stuff and john made the puppets ian his partner made all you know designs i think and wrote scripts and stuff like that because he's a very very brilliant scriptwriter. Yeah. and so then they were asked to do their own children's program for Thames Television, which was where Rainbow came from. And so John just wasn't free to do performances with Zip and to make puppets for the next one, which is, again, another children's iconic program, Button Moon, which Mm. was, you know, um, a story that went out for, you know, oh, gosh, I think they did, must have done over 60 or 70 programs of Button Moon. I I, I probably got that totally wrong, but it was very popular. Um, and so John rang me as I'd known John. John started his career at the Little Angel Theatre. And so we were friends. And he he said, look, Ronnie, I'm sure you'd be interested. And I said, yes, of course I am. How <laughs> wonderful. And I was able, funny enough, at the time to take on the job of working Zippy and also to carry on working at the Little Angel Theatre at weekends. I was mad, really. I mean, I yeah. never stopped but I was so excited. The, the rainbow time, we had rehearsals on a Monday afternoon or something. So we had Monday mornings free. Same with Tuesday. They was just a half day. And then Wednesday and Thursday were the two days that we were in the studio. They were long, long days. We recorded three programmes a week. And Wednesday was basically, I think it was, I think we were in studio nine o'clock starting and finished roughly about 7.30, that sort of time. So it was wow. quite long. And then Thursday was a little bit short because we did two on Wednesday and one on Thursday. And if there was any pickups to do on Thursday, we could do them then because it was a little bit more time to to work. But it was sort of Monday to Fridays. And of course, the weekends were mostly where the theatre was performing at that time anyway. I was able to step in and do shows with <laughs> with them because I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have the kids. I was sort of you know, it was just great to carry on working with the theatre. I remember John Wright telling me, saying, oh, you know, you you sold your soul to the television. (laughs) Well, I hadn't really, because I still came back to the theatre. But, yeah, um, yeah, Rainbow, I signed a contract for six weeks, and I thought, how marvellous. You know, (laughs) ding, ding, I've got a television series, wow. And suddenly, little did I know, because we never had retainers, 20 years later, I was still doing Rainbow. I mean, it's wonderful. And I'm still Zippy appearances now. So, Mm. gosh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Does Zippy still belong to a company? Like, do people have to contact that company in order to have you coming on as Zippy? Or do you kind of have the freedom yourself? 
I wish I had that freedom. I do, I, what happens is that it, it is owned by a company called Boat Rocker. Now, I think it's oh. affiliated to Fremantle Media, who were the people that sort of took over from Thames and, and all that. But I do do zip. Well, if it's a television appearance or anything like that, um, that comes usually from Boat Rocker or whoever they are. And they, they, they'll, people will come out to them or they'll come to me and I say, look, ask i'm sure it'd be fine but please contact the 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 brand yeah owners yeah. as it were and that's how it works and normally i you know it, everything is fine i mean i was very lucky with my um book to have you get zippy on the front i mean and they were quite happy with that so that was really nice but i do do sort of sometimes birthday wishes and stuff like that you know from public that's i mean i'm very careful that it's just zippy doing it and it's yeah. not you know, I, we, and I, I'm very lucky. I have um, a ceiling with lots of clouds. When we had the kids, we painted the ceiling with clouds and sun and stuff like that. Yeah. It looks a bit like a rainbow thing. So I sort <laughs> of do, do, do it. So Zippy looks, you know, at home in the rainbow house, as it were. So yeah. that that's that's nice. Yeah. And from reading the book, there's quite interesting things that you would never know. Like, I never realised that the arm for Zippy is just completely separate from the main body and head. Absolutely. I'm just looking to see whether I can find... Oh, it is. Excuse me, I'm going to stretch over. Here we are. Well, there's Zippy Puppy. He's quite big. Yeah. This is why it's difficult to actually work him on the screen here. But mm. yes, you're absolutely right. I'm just putting his... So if that's... There's Zippy. Well, I've actually got... You know, it's on my other hand. This hand will be working the head. Are you left-handed then? Well, funny enough, I'll tell you why. Um, There's a story that I'm not. I'm right-handed. I had to sort of learn left-handed because I wanted Zippy to do some painting or some drawing oh. and all it's uh, quite interesting you've got the puppet and uh, as a television puppeteer you're not looking at your puppet what you're doing you're looking yeah. at a monitor down at the floor and if I'd use my left hand I would be all over the place trying to draw something I mean it's bad <laughs> enough because you've only got three things <laughs> so you're holding I'm going to hold a magic wand here but you know you're holding a sort of pen and I'm looking down and that's why I did mostly with my right hand. So I was free if I if I had to paint anything. Some of the shots I used to ask if we could do a sort of close up of just the paw doing it, and then I could stand up and I could really I could see the actual thing I was drawing. But normally, I mean, you see it, but on a monitor, difficult to describe. <laughs> but it is quite weird doing mm. stuff on a monitor. But that was I don't know why it was always separate. People didn't know. I mean it's funny. They never guessed, which is great. I was quite pleased because I'm I kept the hand. I didn't sort of keep it too far apart. So it looked yeah. as though it was always joined to the to the <laughs> figure. So I wouldn't like to give that away. But anyway, that's why I did him with my left hand mostly. Occasionally yeah. I did with the right hand if he wasn't doing any writing or anything like that. Yeah. And it surprised me as well that the monitor that you used was reverse scan, which is not typical in television puppetry. Most of the time it's just straight scan. So yeah. when you went on to work on other projects, did you have to kind of adjust yourself and kind of relearn it? Yeah, absolutely. When I first did um, stuff, it's because they always use straight scan. We never... Yeah. You know, they didn't have reverse. Uh, I mean, I don't know when reverse scan started, but it was always reverse when I joined. That was the first sort of thing. Mm. And there was a switch on the back of the monitor. They were all, that, I mean, monitors now, like flat 
like what you call it, eye players or something, you know, little flat things. Well, yeah. then they were really quite big, clunky things, and you had a little switch, and you could either reverse it or keep it straight, normal scan. Mm. And I just got used to doing it with, you know, um, reverse scan. But yeah. when I, as I say, when I worked for um, Muppets, I'm trying to think when I, well, some of the film work that I did, I, Labyrinth, for instance, and yeah. um, Muppet Treasure Island and all those stories. I mean, it was a film, but we had monitors to watch, even if we were background artists. And I just had to be careful to, you know, look at and make sure, I, you know, instead of, to describe what, you know, the feeling. But if you're straight scan, it, it would be like I'm doing here. Yeah. But if, sorry, reverse scan, it would be like I'm doing normal mirror image sort of thing. But when you're looking at straight scan, you're having to, if you turn this way, it's actually that way. If you see yeah. what I mean, it's yeah. everything is sort of slightly different. So you just, I'm very careful if I, if I haven't done them. You know, a straight scan for a while. I'm I'm quite still, and then I thought, oh yes, that's right. Yeah. And I, you sort of get back to it. And after a while, because it's all straight scan, you your brain sort of gets used to it again, sort of thing. But yeah, it was it was a final thing. And I thought maybe I could always switch a monitor back to reverse scan. It wouldn't matter then, and because it would only be me watching it. But that yeah. wasn't that wasn't allowed. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit tricky to begin with. But you can learn it. You you can get used to it yeah. so that's what I did Was it quite exciting to be part of this big television show at the time? Yeah I mean I didn't know how big or how popular it was I well, I knew that it was popular because we kept being asked to come back all the time yeah. so I thought well this is great you know as I say I signed a contract for six weeks and ended up doing it all those years mm-hmm. so there must have been something about the show that was really popular. When you're not a face on a show you're, you're you, you know you get I mean, Jeffrey, bless him, who was the presenter for many years, you know, he'd walk down the street and suddenly say, hello, Jeffrey, or, you know, and things like that. He couldn't really, you know, go anywhere without being recognised. Same with the singers, you know. And I think with a puppeteer, you know, no one knows what I look like because I'm not there. I did actually appear. We did appear a couple of times. You have to be real rainbow fans. But we, I, I mean, once there was like Zippy was sitting at a, I think it was a, supposedly a cafe or something. And they wanted extra people. So um, oh. I'd be sitting working him like this and, and the other puppeteer <laughs> would be the same. Would be sort of, you know, that was quite fun. And we did, ah. um, we appeared as um, all funny characters, you know, just, just walking, walk-ons, extras really. So, but no, oh, I remember we all got squashed in a lift in one of the songs. And the, <laughs> so this sort of set and we we rushed in uh, but anyway nobody would know and I actually quite like that because yeah. I mean I think it must be quite it's all right at the beginning I would think I'm sure Jeffy thought wow you know I'm being recognized that was fun but yeah. then uh, every day you go into Tesco you'll go into a shop and somebody says oh no <laughs> you know, and that must be sort of oh dear I want to buy some food for my family you know I, I don't need that hassle but so it, it isn't it isn't, um, you know, I, as I say, I'm not, I'm quite yeah. lucky, really. But get, uh, your question was, you know, did I realise? I suppose I knew it was popular, mm. but I didn't realise really until the series or the, the programme had finished on the, on the box. And we started doing student union gigs, which was, you know, sort of in the universities, they'd have their late night sort of entertainment. And they thought Rainbow characters would be wonderful to go along so we played practically 
oh, for about three. Every university in the country it was wow. wonderful. When we first did them, there were queues around the building. You know, we'd arrive and puppets in a suitcase and walk through. And there were like queues of students waiting to go in because Zippy and George and Bungle and Jeffrey or whatever were yeah. going to. And I thought, wow, we are quite starry. I mean, you know, in this sort of sense. And then um, we were on Top of the Pops when Top of the Pops was on. And I think our, we had a sort of a more pop version of the theme tune and we sang Zippy and George were on it. And, mm. and oh, you know, I, I can't remember who were the other things. It's a tiny studio. I was so surprised mm. when I saw it. But that was great fun. And that was quite a big thing. I think we got. became 13 in the hit parade during that year and I can't remember the year I'm afraid but those sort of things I thought wow this this show is extremely you know popular and again I suppose after the event people I meet people once they say well what did you do you know you're obviously a puppeteer you've worked with lots of different puppets and I said oh yes I've been very lucky I did rainbow that's my favorite childhood show you know this sort of thing so it's extraordinary and I still I meet people today I'm actually I'm very lucky I know it's been the covid thing and I haven't had work for ages but I'm actually working on a film now which I can't tell you about because it's NDAs, you know, mm. and the crew, so it gets round, you know, so what's he, you know, what's his puppet he been doing? And I said, you know, we'd see rainbow. <laughs> and I mean, so many people have been coming up to me. You were my childhood. I said, really? I didn't meet you anyway. But I mean, they love, they love the fact. So it is, it's still there. And it, I don't know when it was last sort of aired on mm. television. I mean, it's a while ago now. It's over 10 years ago since it finished. Yeah. So, but you see YouTube and social media, all those things, people put clips on and, you know, it's still carries on but uh, anyway it's interesting actually you mentioned telly things i've just i mean i've just brought another i've got another famous television puppet here i want to show you because um well he's famous in this country it's sooty (laughs) and as it happens it's matthew corbett's birthday today so happy birthday matthew and that's sooty he's now of course owned by richard cadell and uh where's your oh sorry Oh, you want your magic? Oh, sorry, he wants his magic wand. Uh, there, it, right, there you are. Izzy, Wizzy, let's get busy. Like, oh, don't hit me on the head with it, so dear. Have you got your friend Sweep there? You have. Oh, good. Oh, he's waving goodbye. We'd love to see you all. Anyway, off you go. There. No, I was very lucky because Matthew was one of the singers on Rainbow when I oh, yeah. joined. Oh, no, not when I joined. He came later. But anyway, we became friends. And then when, sadly, Harry Corbett, the originator of Sooty and Sweep, had a rather serious heart attack, he took over presenting Sooty for, I think, actually, as long as Harry did. I think Harry did 25 years. I think Matthew did 25 years. And now Richard Goodell has taken over. Anyway, this is um, Sweep. You're okay. going to speak to him. Go on, then. Off you go. That's it. Now, you've got to do it properly. You've got to squeak properly. That was just, no, look, look into the camera. That's it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Toby. You knew his name. Oh, good. Lovely. Well, that's lovely. Anyway, oh, he's going off. No, he's coming back on again, see? Oh, you're, oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Off you go. Anyway, how lucky was I? The Sooty shows were recorded in the summer. We always had a break when we did Rainbow in the summer. Yeah. And I was able to do the puppets. In fact, I mean, I did sweep to begin with for a bit because that's what Matthew's character was for a while. Yeah. But I also yeah. worked other some of the other characters because we did a lot of location filming. And I love that because we went down to Dorset and filmed all sorts of Lovely stuff. I don't know why I'm bringing that book again, because I know there's a couple of pictures in the book. But just for those of you who might be interested, and can I find them when I want them? I'm going to say talk amongst yourselves, but what? <laughs> ah, no, that's, that's quite... <laughs> there's grandchildren, there's friends. Oh, I don't... Oh, wait a minute. Here we are. Uh-huh. There's, um, there's, Matt, there's Matthew, and there's a rather pained expression of me don't know where I, my fingers are, I can't really show, down under the table. And that the other one, I'm holding Sue there for a change, and that's Harry Corbett at the bottom of the table. And that was for one of those magic tricks. Sooty was going to magic Matthew away, so we had to be very still. And then they stopped the camera for a second. Matthew jumps out of the way. They started again, and we go, whoop, and we're magic, and that's how wow. we go. That's some filming. And, oops, sorry, not very, very dexterous. I should be being a puppeteer. Anyway, here you go. That's Matthew in the yellow there. Lovely Daphne Shadwell with the sort of T-shirt and the script. And that puppeteer at the bottom there, you can see two puppets just about. I don't know, it's a bit... It's sort of, I'm holding Sooty and Sweet, and we're pretending to rock climb. The camera's... Oh, sorry. The camera's <laughs> at the top there. And this beautiful weather. Look at that terrible starry picture of me with um, the sunglasses. I think... I- forgotten i got sunglasses i just wanted a picture with sooty sweep and sue yeah. and i totally yeah. forgotten i've got sunglasses on but anyway there you are and i will talk about these pictures in a minute because they're yeah. i'm sure people would like that but yeah again you know how lucky can you be it's just mm. one of those things that all of a sudden you know i'm asked to do that i do it and you go on to the next thing and the same thing happened really with the with the Muppets, because I'll start talking about the Muppets now, because what happened was I'd been to the studios in L Street to see, I don't know what series it was, but the Muppet Show. But what was so gorgeous was I, I'd seen the, the Muppet Show actually being filmed, not filmed, well, it is filmed, tele-recorded, you know, and there was Jim and there was Frank and there was all these one, Richard Hunt and wonderful people, Louise Gold, gorgeous people. And anyway, there they were doing all this stuff. I remember Richard Hunt calling out, 
Hi, Ronnie Ludrow. <laughs> and he was so funny. And um, he 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 was an absolute fabulous person, really kind. And so we went down. I had a friend with we two of us went down because we were right at the back, out of the way. We were not going to get in the way of Mr. Henson and all that. And we were so sort of oh. And of course, the puppeteer was standing doing the puppets you know wow we're stuck under tables a little trolley you know it's so uncomfortable here they were you know able to move the puppets properly but that's the genius of jim henson you know he said we're gonna the camera is going to be what we call the playboard like i'm using now with the puppets you know yeah. that is yeah. the cutoff edge and you know it's obvious isn't it really mm. and he filled the screen with wonderful pictures and that's anyway the rest is history with wonderful jim but yeah. then after seeing that which was lovely i did meet him and cheryl his daughter they came to a party that Penny Francis is she's the sort of what would you call her she's or she's a wonderful puppet um, enthusiast and she's was on the council of Unimar the world puppet organization anyway she invited she had a party in her house and then it was in Wimbledon and Jim and Cheryl who was around with came to I remember opening the front door and Jim Henson's there you know with yeah. Cheryl oh come in oh hi hello you know and he was really quiet gentle lovely person and you know I just was gobsmacked it was really fabulous but then one summer and I, I think it you probably know the dates more but Labyrinth they are advertising puppeteers extra puppeteers originally they only wanted 20 extra puppeteers in fact they used 40 in the end I think wow. but we had to go and audition at Hampstead Jim had a fabulous house in Hampstead we also had parties there which was very nice but anyway at that time we were in a church hall and there was a whole lot of puppeteers there there was myself and loads of others people and lots of youngsters who I didn't know at the time but were absolutely so keen on the Muppets they knew every single Muppet character da, 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 da. and I'm sitting there thinking well I know most of them I know the famous ones but yeah. I, I bet they won't want me to be involved in all that and they were sitting one side and I was sitting on the other and I, I remember and, but I think they were thinking oh dear there's Ronnie LaDrew he's done Zippy for years <laughs> or, we'll never get in well actually most of them did get in for the extra puppeteers so it was all right but I remember the audition i had um, a beaver puppet which i've got to, uh, my original one is getting a bit too old so this is one that a wonderful puppeteer today called phil fletcher he's lovely oh, yes hack of the dog hack of the dog indeed yeah. yeah and he made this for me hi there i'm beaver i'm very happy to be here hello toby i'm looking that way because that's where you are anyway <laughs> So, and I had a, a beaver like this and I was doing my dreadful American accent. Anyway, and I, they, what we were told, you were told to basically either do some improv or just do a little sketch. Well, I thought I have to do improvisation. I couldn't, I haven't got time to do a, a little sketch. So uh, he just, oh, hi, everybody. Hi, Jim. I see. are you? Ooh. Anyway, now I'm going to get myself ready. <laughs> and he was, he just sort of cleaned himself a bit. And, oh, I'm doing my back. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. You get out of the way. That's it. Oh, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> anyway, that was him. And I did this, I don't know, rubbish, I call it. But, um, and um, they said, you know, don't call us, we'll call you, the usual cliche. But I did get the call saying, yes, we'd like to have you on, you know, for Labyrinth. And sure enough, I was there. Oh, for I don't know a couple of months or something because we yeah. we didn't we weren't on what we call dailies then. So I am looking for these pictures that I got ready. <laughs> anyway, we weren't on dailies like you are mostly on films nowadays. Yeah. 
But so these, this is the labyrinth days. I had a beard then in those days. That's one of the goblins I worked wow. in a background. And then there's me being very cheeky, sitting on um, Jared's throne there, David Bowie's throne. With and that was the the big big number we we all worked on, which is the one where you know David Bowie's throwing the baby, the okay. young baby being of course Toby Froud, who is the son of Brian and Wendy Froud, yeah. and of course just recently I worked on Dark Crystal you know, um, age of resistance with Toby's now the same age as my son, actually. <laughs> I think 36. Oh, I'm hoping I mustn't say all that because I'll probably get the years wrong. But, you know, working on, working with his mum and dad, and they are delightful people, really. Yeah. I mean, I would think these people that are really talented usually turn out to be, because they just love what they do mm. and they're really clever and they, they've got no, they don't have to show off about it or the work is there. And I think that makes them really nice people. And Brian and Wendy are just delightful, really delightful, yeah. as Toby is really super. So, yes, I got the job with on Labyrinth, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of stories about it in the book if people buy the book. But and then I worked on now I always get it wrong which film came next, but I think it was Little Shop of Horrors. That was Frank Oz directing yeah. that, and that was a delight to do. Um, I was incredibly lucky. You know, we sort of followed on almost. And that was I did sort of the plant, I suppose you call them the vines at the bottom of the plant. Yeah. There were the leaves, and then there was the big plant itself. And these vines sort of moved, and they were on big sort of cable things. We, we were pulling these leaves like this underneath the set. It's extraordinary. We're all under. Yeah. The, there is some, I think there's some pictures on YouTube. If you're really keen, you can find some of the making of. And there's, you can see some of the puppeteers moving these things like this. But I had a thing where I did the dialing of, it was a, towards the end, and the plant was dialing the phone number of Audrey. He's Audrey too. Or, and she was, Audrey was the girlfriend of Rick Maris. And, um, and he was, he phones up and so you, this read comes up and it's my dialing. Five seconds, but I think, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then it goes down and then she comes in and then she, the start, I mean, she, we think she's going to be eaten, but no, Rick comes to save her, which is great. And, um, but I did do the legs of Mushnik, the, the shop owner. He was, uh, there's a lovely scene where, you know, uh, he's looking slightly surprised and he's walking back towards the plant and Rick's going, um, uh, yeah, but the plant, you know, and suddenly the, he cuts to Rick going, oh, like that. <laughs> and then you cut and you see that he's been, the plant has <laughs> got hold of, Mr. Um, you know the the the, the sh- shopkeeper and and I actually work the legs and they kick again on long, long rods right out of shop and yeah. then somebody else pulls them says so you just see a little bit of kicking of legs and then <laughs> and the mouth eats them and it goes but the I mean how lucky you know to do these little bits when you're only really an additional puppeteer but I mean I'm very happy just to be additional puppeteer to be working on all this super stuff same again with. Muppet Treasure Island, I was yeah. in that. Oh, Muppet Christmas Carol, what a delightful film. One of my favourite films. I mean, we watch it as a family, or we have done over the years when the kids were quite small. But it's just yeah. fabulous. It's so funny. And Michael Caine, joy, absolute joy. Yeah. The scene I remember most working on is when we were, um, it was the very end of the film and he'd got, got to Cratchit's house 
and he'd brought this big turkey and there was a big party and all these Muppet characters all sitting at the table. Mm. And it's only, a, it's probably about five seconds, this scene. <laughs> but I remember the camera starts with, you know, with obviously with Michael there as, as Scrooge and it just pulls back and you see all the characters sort of, you know, enjoying themselves. Well, we, you know, they took all sorts of different angles and they chose the best one. Well, during that time, we're in a sort of pit underneath and Michael's sort of sitting on the, on the sort of, thing at the table and he'd look down at us and say god you're amazing you lot and he'd tell us lovely stories what a fabulous man he took time to talk to our puppeteers underneath sort of thing so no he was a joy same with in treasure island you know tim curry and all these wonderful people mm. character actors you know that were in in that film that was fantastic i did a, a little marionette piece because they knew me as sort of marionette string Puppeteer, and there's yeah. it's again it's a few seconds, but the pirates jump off the boat, and um, and we did we filmed that, and I chose a few puppeteers. To, we strung I think nine on strings or something I can't remember onto these things, and we jump them off, you know, and they and they fill it, and somebody splashed water up. I mean, it's yeah. mad. But you know, we, and oh, there was lots of other lovely lovely bits in that. Mm. But I'm trying to think of other other things. But you'll probably have another question to ask me, which well, I've probably yeah. talked about. Yeah, I was just going to say, I like the story about how when you were working on Treasure Island and you were kind of just bored in the green room playing games and then Kenneth Branagh came in and told you all to shut up. Oh, that was hilarious. Thank you for reminding me. That was so funny. This was a huge green room. There was a load of puppeteers. We were playing this mm. stupid game and we were giggling. Um, a lot you know you get I mean with films you know a lot of the time is you're paid to wait before you do your little bit anyway and there was hours went on and we were doing this stupid game but we didn't know unbeknown to us literally behind the green room was this other I don't even I never went in there but Kenneth Branagh came through I mean oh anyway (laughs) excuse me um you know you are making a lot of noise we are trying to work yeah, or something like that, you know, a very good actor and all the rest of it. And it went out and we went, oh. and, you know, we were told we couldn't go into that green room after we were, you know, told off. But, I mean, yes, I'd, I'd forgotten I'd put that in the book, didn't I? Yeah, gosh. Yeah. You know, sorry, Mr. Brenner, I do apologise for making that. Well, we were all making laughing, yeah. you know, innocently, really, basically. But yes, no, that was fun. Oh, there was there's lots of waiting time. I'm one of the things I loved when I was working on Little Shop of Horrors in Pinewood. You know, the Pinewood Studios, the home of the Carry On films, the Bond films. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, wow. And there was times that we could go out. We'd we'd ask an AD and say, look, we're just going to wander around if we can see. You know, because there was like iconic spaces there. Yeah. So we do, and then we were luckily enough, we weren't ever called back. Oh my goodness, where are you? <laughs> so, and I looked into, uh, you know, in, onto different sets and thinking the Bond stage is massive Bond stage, which is, you know, they built in. I think there was a fire a few years ago and they had to rebuild this huge stage. Ooh. But anyway, that's part of the fun. And then same with Shepparton. And I've worked at Elstree's, well, Elstree Studios is a little bit different. They do a lot of telly things there now, but they still do the films, you know, the old films there. But now I was thinking of what was another lovely studios. Oh, Ealing Studios, much smaller, but the home of all those wonderful Ealing comedies in the 50s and 40s. And, um, you know, Alec Guinness and all these amazing people, you know, working. And uh, I've done commercials and some puppet stuff. And those studios slightly changed now, a lot of them. You know, they've knocked old. There was a wonderful canteen at Ealing and they had pictures of the old movies they made there. And the war, and I think, oh, there's kind hearts and coronets, and you know, and all these amazing old comedies. 
Um, they were all sort of black and white pictures of the period, you know, and the actors looking all very sort of elegant and all the rest of it. But they've knocked that building down and, re, you know, changed stuff. I'm sure there's an archive of all those. I'm sure they didn't get rid of all those photographs, but they're not in, well, they certainly weren't on view a few years ago when I last went there. Yeah. And you were also the hand in the lottery advert for the, it could be you, I think. You have done your homework much yeah. better than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this hand, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, that was. I got a phone call from an advertising company saying, look, or no, uh, wait a minute. I don't know what it was. I think I read somewhere that they wanted to see anybody who could do, a, originally it was a rabbit. Now that's, yeah. I don't know, those of you who watch it on YouTube. <laughs> That was my one had rabbit, right? And I thought, well, I'll go along. And I went along. I don't know whether there's probably other people went along too to audition or something. And the people said, oh, yes, that looks very good. And I did all this sort of silly thing because they wanted a rabbit to look over the moon to begin with or something. This was the original lottery advert. And then they said, oh, because it was all going to be computerized anyway. Yeah. Um, they just needed uh, something to do. And they said, oh, well, you know, could you do a couple of points? and things like that so I said oh yeah yeah well yeah you know and um so I did a few <laughs> these sort of things or whatever I think it was just that yeah. I can't remember anyway what happened was I got paid I think it was 50 pounds for 20 minutes in that student now I thought that was quite a good deal I thought no, it's fine you know go to Sainsbury's and buy a few bits of food anyway so I I, I came away but the funny story was that the Sun newspaper now how it found out goodness knows I was then stay I was on holiday I think I uh, unless we were living in Yorkshire anyway the family we were all up in Yorkshire and there was this phone call and it was saying, hello, this is the Sun newspaper. We'd like to do a little article. You're the person who did the It Could Be You advert, you know. And I can't remember the name of the company that owns the lottery. But yeah. they And they only paid you £50 for that. And I went, yeah, I was quite happy. They, and they were so disappointed. They <laughs> wanted me to say, oh, yes, dreadful, you know. And so they could make, you know, a proper news story of it. Anyway, they said, oh, we want to have a photograph. I said, well, actually, I'm in Yorkshire. I'm in a little village, Gaston. I mean, you're never, oh, no, they've got newspaper photographers all over the place. I suppose they drove from Leeds or somewhere. But, you know, yeah. sure enough, the next morning, this photographer turned up, you know, and I'm standing going, you know, with this silly finger. And they did, I mean, it was only a very small article in the sun, but I nearly died. I thought, my God, you know, how, how do these people find out? But, yeah, that was fun. I've done other things that you might be interested in. I did uh, Brains from Thunderbirds oh. advert for French Water which was great fun. And so I think a wonderful puppet, John Roberts, I think he remade, I think, if I'm right, the Brains puppet. And um, we did, and it was a sort of dance thing. We had about, actually it was about five or six of us working on that one to get all the different dance movements. But that was that was quite a fun thing. Yeah, I did the Diet Coke ad with these wonderful girls dancing, office puppets dancing on a table and we had a hot proper choreography with the legs kicking up in the air and everything and they oh i will tell you a funny story with that <laughs> the, the cost they, they were whacking great big heads they had radio controlled eyebrows and i think they had a mouth we didn't do that somebody else was doing that but they were terribly heavy the heads they were 
big because I had all these servos inside and these little like I'm going to say what you call it bodies they were like what's that that doll not Cindy the other one um, Barbie Barbie dolls thank you they were like Barbie dolls <laughs> but they had all these amazing costumes you know sort of dresses and stuff yeah. on and I said oh and one of them was had a tight mini skirt on and it wouldn't work properly you know it wouldn't do its high I said oh it's all right we just slit up the sun you know, at the back <laughs> no one's going to see because the designer went mad. They are designer costumes. They were a thousand quid each or something. Like, oh, my goodness. So we couldn't do that. But we just had to pull the skirt up a little bit. But that was a fun. I love that. I was involved in the beginning. It's always nice. I mean, it's lovely being an additional puppeteer, but you normally come in when the script's done. The whole thing has been sort of finalised and you just do your little bit and you go home. But with some of those jobs, I like, for instance, the Brains advert, I was there right from the early days when they were making up the storyboards, what they were going to do with the puppet, they were going to get a choreographer in, they were going to get a dancer who was going to be, had all those wonderful computer bubble things on so they could get a proper image of the puppet. You probably know much more about it than I do. <laughs> My son will kill me because he's into computer. He knows all about this. He does computer work. Anyway, yeah. but so, and then we did, we copied as much as we could. And then the bits we couldn't, of choreography couldn't do, that was done with a computer generated figure of the puppet, which you hardly noticed. It was very clever. Anyway, so all that was good. And so I was right there at the beginning. It's the same thing with the, um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Sorry, the Diet Coke ad. We, we saw all the early bits. So that was great to do. Although, sadly, when we, there was a puppeteer was making, I think it was an American company was making these heads and there was a dispute with the designer or something like that. Mm. So they had a totally new, you know, puppets had been made, I think, in about two weeks or something before the shoot or everything was fit. And so we didn't really sound quite the same as the original ones that we we had seen or okay. But anyway, yeah. that saying, it was, it, again, wonderful to do. So, yeah, no, ask me another question. Okay. <laughs> well, back to the Muppet Christmas Carol. Do you remember any of the particular puppets that you got the chance to have your hand in? Oh, that's a terrible question. I don't. <laughs> I tell you what, I was some of the, I mean, when I say some, I was yeah. one or two of the characters. You know when Kermit and Scrooge were walking down the, the street and there was a snow scene and, the, and lots of the characters were singing, looking out the windows, I was one of those, but what window and what puppets I was looking at. I'm so sorry. I can't remember. I definitely did the thing of something, Mr. Scrooge, when Scrooge is knocking at the door and some of the puppets came in and it's a sort of, and there was a a whole number and we were all something, Mr. Scrooge. I can't. Terrible. (laughs) It's rather a long time ago, but we were miming to the the song. So, yeah, I, I, I can't really remember which ones. Uh, Labyrinth, because I've got those photos. See, we weren't allowed yeah. to take pictures. Oh. By the time, once Labyrinth was done, after that, they went, no pictures and, you know, nobody can, you know, take pictures. So I didn't. I mean, some people did, I'm sure, but mm. I, I, I didn't. And so I don't, I, the picture would give me a memory, like the ones that, I mean, I know in Labyrinth, I did the one puppet that had a great helmet thing on and he was next to a, a bell at the back and there's one close-up of him holding a chicken I think it's a brief moment but and everyone laughed because that puppet was extremely heavy and I thought (laughs) (laughs) but anyway you know such as life but and I did you know that there was the cannonball thing that flew across the thing and his little legs were going and hit a 
I don't know, it was a character, I mean, hilarious. And I think I did the legs, you know, those sort of, mm. you do little bits, but it might take all morning just to get that technically right. But that's what, um, so you were asked. And really, you yeah. know, you, I think people like Kevin Clash and Brian were the puppet head puppeteers who were sort of giving the jobs to people. So one had to yeah. be, you know, one waited and use you oh right thank you and you you know go off and do something yeah well you've written all your experiences in this new book what made you want to put it all down in the book do you know it wasn't my idea at all i was at the little angel theater i was doing a season at the theater and i still do a lot of teaching and all the rest of it and as well as performing and a couple came in duncan and nula who are the sort of fellow writer they did all the writing you see i'm very good at rabbiting on as you can tell and don't get you a chance to ask a question right <laughs> but anyway I rabbit on and they were writing what I said down and then they would uh, put it all aside you know sort of concisely into the book and it was their idea this look you know they'd be great we could you know and we have zippy there that would be a good selling point and I said well who wants to read a book about you know a puppeteer I mean you know it's but I and I said I don't just want to do it about zippy I'd like to do it about some of the other work I've done and yeah. maybe a bit about my family background and blah 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 and they said oh yeah we'll get all that in I mean sadly we couldn't initially it took about five years before this book was published because mm-hmm. basically they went around with the I, I saw a scenario of what the book might be to various publishers and they said oh it's yeah. very nice but he's not actually he's not a, a big enough star celebrity to uh, we can't publish that anyway then we went to Unbound which is basically a crowdfunding publisher quite clever actually mm. and um, what happened was they said oh yeah that sounds really good that's yeah I'm sure we can do something with that but what you have to do is you have to get yourself onto social media so I did I got onto Facebook and Twitter and I was sort of putting saying, please, you know, what was the word? Please not donate. Please put some money in or request some money to get your copy of the book. Because And I did a little video saying, uh, funny, I filmed at Little Angel. I was very lucky saying, you know, I've done all the, the puppeteer. You won't know me, but you'll know Zippy and Sooty and Sweep and Muffin and all this sort of stuff. And that helped. And after about 18 months, I got enough money to have the book published. And that's how it happened. I mean, the, yeah. the, the long bit too, once you've got the money, you do your cover shot and everything. I love that. I love the cover shot because it it's great that Zippy puts his hand across my face because it's yeah. all about Zippy. It's so yeah. Zippy, the character. So anyway, mm. and and then a lot of it, I have lots of stuff that's not in the book, which is a bit sad. Like I did a lot of tours all over, you know, all over Europe and went to America and Israel. And we, they said, oh, we've got to get to the zippy bit, the editors, you know, oh, we've got to get back. You know, it's all about zippy and me. And I thought, oh, yeah, I know. And so there were some nice stories there. But, you know, there you go. You can't have it all. So that was it. But I'm very happy. I mean, people have said lovely things about the book you can do a criticism if you like no but (laughs) no but it's really really nice and people are still um, it's still there Um, it's only been out a year so I suppose and sadly with the covid it's all you know it's a little bit uh, bookshops haven't been sort of uh, what's the word you know haven't been open to be able to sell but I mean that hopefully they'll be open soon but I did do a lot of I mean what was interesting the publishers also said oh you can you know we'll, we'll help you with the promotion of the book and what happened was I spent two days at the BBC talking to practically all the local radio stations. I mean, Radio London was lovely, but I mean, we did it all over the country. And some of them I listened to, you know, (laughs) I love listening to the radio. And I thought, oh, I know that present. And I sort of said, there was an Irish guy, 
um, from Irish radio. And I mean, I'm not, not listened to that, but I knew him. Yeah. And I said, oh, excuse me, you know, and you sit in this little booth and basically they connect you, you know, literally you do five minutes chat about the book or whatever. And then you have a break for about a minute and then the next one. I mean, it was literally, yeah. they were all piling up. And uh, Steve Nolan, I think his name is anyway, oh, yeah. this, I, I said, I listened to your programmes. It's, they're brilliant. And it was so nice to have a chat. I mean, we didn't see each other, not like this. It was just through the microphone, but I was, it was quite nice. And several of the people, I thought, oh, I've listened to these people a lot and they're interviewing me. What a laugh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, I think that's helped promote it a bit, but there's been some, as I say, very nice reviews. So fingers crossed, it will still be in print for a bit, you know, a bit longer. I hope so. Anyway, I don't know how long these things, you know, mm-hmm. when, decide to go if people don't buy it but uh, it's just for me I think it's still quite popular people do do like you know hearing you know the stories or reading the and there is as I said I've got pictures of my children it's for the grandchildren now so that's nice they're in there not that they care really too much at the moment but when they're older they'll look oh that's me when I was I say I dedicated this book to you so that's nice yeah and have you been working on any projects more recently that you're allowed to talk about oh i wish i could talk about the one i'm working on now (laughs) gosh well the dark crystal age of resistance was the last big film i've done loads actually since covid i've suddenly got into comic cons Uh you know and so i've been doing i did about three of those before covid and then i had a whole lot booked of course all last year all yeah. cancelled because of the peak, but they're coming up again. So I'm mm. I'm going to places like Hull <laughs> Comic Con. I'm doing Reading Comic Con. Yeah. Um, well, I'm saying I'm doing them. One of them's in November. One of them's in September or something yeah. like that. I think. So hopefully by then they will. And they're quite fun. I've had some pictures done, and I'll hopefully bring some books. And Zippy will be sitting there, and so they'll have their picture, and that's very nice i've done a lot of podcasts there's been some particularly in america which is really nice uh, yeah. there's um a puppet puppet podcast a girl in canada in montreal she's yeah. i did a podcast for her i did is it under the puppet or something yeah i think that one i think i did that one i'm I, you know there's about three and they're really they were great really i did that quite a while ago there's a, i think i've done about three you know, in America, which that was really yeah. nice. So I'm sitting there chatting away, a bit like I'm doing here. Not being paid, it doesn't matter. It's really nice yeah. just chatting about, you know, the stuff you've done. And they're really interested. They really love it. Then, and of course, the book's been on sale, you know, through Amazon and eBay and all that. They can buy it, which is really nice. So several American puppeteers have bought it. What else have I done? Mostly that I've done, I've been on a panel for The Little Angel has because the theatre's, you know, not been able to open to the public. They've done a lot yeah. of online things. And I read a story for them, for one of their, you know, just a story. And I think it was, oh, it was the poem. I think it was the Edward Lear, the owl and the pussycat or something. I did that. But I also have been on a panel. I do a lot of teaching and I work for Curious School of Puppetry, which is actually started by John Wright's daughter, Sarah Wright, a few years ago now. And we've been traveling around, you know, we did about three, I think, in London. But we've been to Scotland. We've been to Cornwall. Hopefully this year, of course, nothing. But (laughs) next. hopefully we'll be in Bristol doing and that's a fantastic course and I'm one of the tutors on that course but again with the little angel there's a there's a panel of puppeteers three puppeteers and we talk to the what they call the foundation course which I used to teach a long time ago but I couldn't 
do that and do some of the other work. So I, I've just come in as a guest tutor for two sessions usually. And I've been doing that for quite a few years. And But this quite nice, you know, suddenly sitting on a Zoom and they, you know, the students ask questions and we, you know, do yeah. our best to answer as succinctly as possible and answer them, you know, put them in the right direction anyway. I'm trying to think of other things. As I say, I'd love to talk about this film, which is a really big film and a very big star. And I've, again, I'm terribly lucky. I worked on a film. I suppose I'm allowed to say that, but I don't want you to guess what it is or else, because this is social media and they'll kill me. I honestly have no idea. Good, good. Um, basically, I worked on a film called Beauty and the Beast a few oh, years yeah. ago, which was with Emma Watson. I nearly couldn't remember her name. for And the same company asked me, or not the same company, it's a different company, the guy that was working on that yeah. film has asked me to be a puppeteer on this new film Ooh. so it's all rather nice so I've been I had as I said I hadn't worked for a, almost a year suddenly yeah. got this phone no an email first and then I got a phone call and they said would you be interested and I said I'd just look in my diary first <laughs> blank nothing yeah. oh what, what was it oh from oh, yeah I think I can fit it no I'm so naughty anyway it's been fantastic I've been I think from the end of January till and I got till about the 23rd of April and then we finished we've been shooting the last couple of weeks we've got another two two or three weeks shoot yeah. shooting left i mean i'm not i'm sort of i don't know what you call it really i'm the puppeteer but there i had to find some puppeteers to be in a, a couple of scenes yeah. and i've been teaching an actress how to work a puppet she's new to the puppetry world i also had to teach the top big star a little bit of work with Ooh. it as well which was fantastic and we did a photo shoot last week just Ooh. him and me well not me but the puppet and that yeah. was like oh my goodness <laughs> but yeah there you go how lucky can you be and I've got some wonderful friends who are in the business now. I mean, we've mentioned, I mean, Phil, 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 Phil. Fletcher. Phil, uh, Fletcher, thank you so much. <laughs> Phil Fletcher. And we've got lovely Warwick and all these yeah. people who I've known for years who, and I've, you know, worked with them both. And that's wonderful. And, oh, you know, I'm, as I say, president of the Puppet Guild. So I, I do meet lots of new puppeteers and people. And, oh, there's a wonderful Mayfair that we all go to. Sadly, I don't think it'll happen this year. It'll probably be online because it's too close to the COVID thing. That's a, a thing actually for new puppeteers. Anybody wants to come along, it's quite a good thing to come along. It's in London, of course, if you're if you want to come up for the day, if it's a lovely day. And it's Covent Garden and it's the St Paul's Church, Covent Garden in the grounds. And there's about I'm going to say 40 puppet booths. I mean, sort of Punch and Judy booths, and all. It's really it's sort of Punch and Judy Mayfair, really, yeah. but. There are other puppeteers there and usually Phil and Warwick turn up and we do silly nonsense things with the puppets and play around and it's just really nice. And so that's a nice place for meeting people. There you are. I think I've told you more than enough about the film that I've been working on, but I don't think I've said anything too drastic. (laughs) I still have no idea other than there's somebody famous in it, which is probably the case with most films. It is indeed. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry, isn't it boring? But NDAs, you know, and it's particularly, I think it's worse if you suddenly do it on, they've got people that look through every social media thing. And if you say anything, you're mad. So I have to be really careful. It's a bit with Dark Crystal, we weren't allowed to talk about that. 
brush yeah. like for a whole year and you thought oh i'm dying to say that i worked on that because <laughs> it was it was so exciting but um anyway but you've had some wonderful interviewees haven't you I oh mean, yeah oh it's great so i was really honored to be asked to come on to your one and i thought gosh all these lovely muppet people you know <laughs> no yeah. it's- well it's an honor for you to come on the show Oh, you're too kind. No, you are. Uh, here we are. All these platitudes. No, no, it's not. <laughs> really. No, it's lovely. It's, uh, it's been fun. Thank you very much for inviting me. I've yeah. enjoyed it. Hope you do. I, haven't, I haven't spoken too much. I do witter for England, Wales and Scotland. Yeah. And I can't stop once I get going. <laughs> well, can you just remind us of the places that we're able to find this book? Right. OK. The book is published by Unbound. So you can look up Unbound online and maybe yeah. you can buy it from the publisher. But mm-hmm. Amazon have their book. Just type in Zippy and me and you'll get it'll come down on the thing ebay yeah. sells them and what's the other one waterstones have an online presence and you can buy it there as well but hopefully soon you should be able to pick it up in bookstores it's not too expensive either it's a paperback so it's yeah. sort of you might even get it cheaper <clears throat> on these online things as well although you do have to pay postage ah. so it does sort of add up to the same i think it's 10.99 the book but it's you know it's got a lot of pages in it you know and there's quite a few photographs some in colour or most of them in colour actually and there it is that's it there but and yeah I as I say I never thought I'd be writing a book about my life and there you go these things just sort of are placed in front of you you think yeah that might be quite nice so there we go and is there anywhere we're able to keep up to date with you on social media or websites yes indeed sorry yes quite right I have a Facebook page which is just my name you know so you can just look up Ronnie LeDrew and you know you can befriend me and if I like you I press yes or something (laughs) I'm on sorry sounds very rude and then I'm on Twitter but I'm known on Twitter as punch and because all the things of puppets I tried you know when you first join Twitter you have to give a a sort of silly name but every name I put no gone 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 (laughs) so I thought oh this is ridiculous so I just put myself as punch and so I think you can find but then Ronnie LeDrew is you know you'll know it is because it's all sort of puppet repeated stuff um, I do have a web page. It's a little bit out of date now. And that's just www.ronnieledrew.com. I think that's my email. Wait a minute. Oh, gosh. No, that is it. That is my web page. www.ronnieledrew.com is my web page. It is a little bit old, but it'll have all the early stuff on it. And there's some pictures and info and list. Long, oh, sorry, it's so old. It's got a long list of every television thing. I think I did about two seconds in, you know, wow. goes down to bear to look at that. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's very nice of you to take the time. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. And thank you very much. It's been really easy and fun. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.